0: Identifying G. Let's go. Every once in a great while, there's a seismic shift in the world of entertainment. A moment where talent, technology, and innovation combine to change the game forever. You're about to witness unrivaled turntablism, knowledge, and sheer passion.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome... TC and Jake. Welcome in for the week. Uh, I think that we've got something going on here. Uh, I, I don't. I, I would assume everyone's just figuring that we're going to talk about the uh, the ongoing terrible things that are happening in the world. But uh, we we would like to pause for uh, uh, an hour and uh, do something different. And that is uh, talk to uh, our new friend Kate. Kate, how's it going?
2: It's going well. Thank you guys for having me. How are you?
1: This is a
0: welcome respite because I feel like the last ten hours of. Well, probably three months of episodes we've done have just been nothing but what the fuck is happening, why everything's (laughs) Everything's on fire, everything (laughs) sucks, and it's like, I just don't know that I want to do another week of it. I want to do something else.
1: I think the uh, genesis for this is, and Jake, I don't remember the specifics entirely, so you please fill in, but uh, there was some reason, oh, it was that I was in Las Vegas and I I saw a man get onto an elevator with a woman who it was very obvious that he had hired. <laughs> uh, and we were just kind of talking about that back and forth, like, how's that go? What's, what's the deal there? And uh, we received an email saying, uh, I-, I have a friend who would be able to answer those questions. And um, so we-, we had actually set up to, uh, to have this chat, I think, like, uh, what ended up being, like, a week after the pl- stay-at-home order was placed.
2: Yeah, it was right after the city shut
1: down yeah so uh didn't do it then but but now things are uh texas is reopening we're, we're back everything's safe everything's now right fine, yeah <laughs> yeah um i so think also
0: that was like when the pandemic started a popular version of joke on twitter for like women around our age that had been laid off was i guess it's time for an OnlyFans," and uh, i didn't know what that was because mm-hmm. i guess i'm now old guy and I read a New York Times article about it and still didn't really know what it was. So we were like, man, seems like there's a lot going on out here that we know nothing about.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, but you do.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that I do.
1: Um, yeah. So we, 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 we just want education. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure where to, uh, where to start. I guess the, the big question is, um, I think the, 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 the initial things we were asking about was just uh, the rates.
2: The rates. Yeah. Right for the gut, man. <laughs> right away. Okay. Uh, so I will introduce myself. My name is Kate, and I am a companion and sex worker, experience curator, and yoga teacher. Um, rates. So that depends. I know that's not the answer that you were looking for.
1: Oh, I, I want as complicated an answer okay. as, as you want to give. So all, all the things that depends upon, if you want to go over them, that is just fine with us.
2: So if you're looking at the industry of sex work, it's a spectrum. So there anything that you've ever imagined sex work to be, anything that you thought it to be, it's that and then more. It encompasses companionship, strippers, OnlyFans accounts, which is um, you know porn or um, risque photos, depending on what the provider or companion wants to do with that. So within those parameters, price or donation or cost or fee or tribute, however you want to refer to it, comes down to... Where do you value your time? Because at the end of the day, in my portion of the industry, it comes down to the time I spend with an individual. Um, my market rate is right around 400 or $500 an hour, though I don't just stay for one hour. So depending on how many, how many hours you want to spend together, there's a rate decoy on the upper end just because I you know, want to spend an evening with you. I want to get to know you. I want to, you know, get away for the weekend. So that said, uh, it, yeah, it just comes down to how much time you want to spend with someone. And then the person that you're hanging out with, what they value their time at.
0: How did you initially determine that rate? Did you, do you speak with other people in the profession Mm -hmm. who had been there before sort of thing? Yeah.
2: When I first got into this, I did extensive, well, what I thought to be extensive research. And it, if you look across the country, every city has a different market, like New York City, LA, Chicago, the just because of the vast majority of people who travel there, companions in those cities can, depending on where they're at within the spectrum, um, can call a larger fee. Um, de- because of where I'm at in my market, I'm slightly above middle ground at where my fee is. Um, that's not to say when I travel to other cities, I do. My donations are higher, just, you know, again, it's the market rate, right? so... Um, yeah, I'm comfortable where I'm at now, not to say that at some point I wouldn't want to ask for more, only in doing so to, um, work harder, or work smarter, not harder. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
1: was there any, like, hourly is, uh, is, is, I, I, I would, is everyone hourly, or is it sometimes, like, kind of, I don't know, uh, act-based?
2: I cannot speak for everyone. Sure. Um, Again, there's it's a spectrum. For me, act based is not your is not an individual who I would want to spend my time with. So, anyone who's looking at me sure. for a list of acronyms, we're not going to get along. Um, that said, most of my encounters are longer engagements. Cool. So, like the four hours, two weekends together, weekends away, etc.
1: And is that something you've like? I don't know. Uh, had to kind of like learn over time or, or have, you, have you been able to more or less be like this is what I want out of it and that's what you've gotten consistently? Like, how, I guess is that something where like because like, I I just imagine someone showing up when I was over there like I don't know uh, 18 and a half or something like like wouldn't have like you,
2: you know you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah I don't know exactly yeah. where you're going with that. I think so when I first got into this industry why I liked it then is different than why I love it now. I've grown up in this space and the, the evolution of myself and how I spend time with people and what I learn about people has um, shaped how I want to curate my experiences. I'm most interested in cultivating connections, as cliche as that sounds. Okay. But if you think about it, I have the most unique perspective of the human condition. People who come see me share shit with... Can I say that? Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, I imagine that's going to seem like yeah. a
0: little while, but yeah.
2: Share things with me because I'm not in their day to day life. I'm an unbiased professional um, that they wouldn't feel comfortable or wouldn't want to be vulnerable enough with sharing in their day to day lives. So, in a lot of ways, I see a very authentic, vulnerable version of most people. And it's fucking fascinating.
1: Yeah. I, I man, that, that would be
0: fucking great. It reminds me of that. There's a book called uh, Everybody Lies that I reference to him all the time. And the point of it was just like this guy had, you know, years of Google search data. And his point was that this is the most true version of humans you're going to get because they don't think anybody else sees it. But then if you even add on to that, that it is a person you're talking to and they think that no one else will ever see it. I would have to imagine that would be pretty wild. Is it ever like painfully awkward?
2: I don't, I mean, I have had encounters where I just don't, there's no chemistry and, or, you know, it's kind of difficult to get someone out of their shell. That happens. Um I think that what happens is when you ask a person, like, what's your kink? What's your desire? What do you want that you don't have access to, or you're not fulfilled with or whatever? When you get down to that space of a person, it's, It's whatever they share with you likely is something they feel they can't share with either their partner or someone else because of being judged or shamed. So that in and of itself creates a foundation of honesty. This entire industry is brutal honesty built on a little bit of dishonesty. And it's why today, you know, much different than when I first started, why I love what I do. I love what I do because there's no other way to study people or to learn about people and what drives them and what motivates them. Sure, intimacy is not always a part of every encounter, but it is an aspect of the industry I'd be lying to if I just said, oh, you know, I go to dinners and lunches and then I get a white envelope because that's bullshit. However, it's still, even in that space, it's still a smaller portion of the encounter as a whole. People want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want someone to fucking listen to them. They want to share shit that they can't talk about in their personal life, so plug into me, I'm your battery, and I'll send you back into the rest of the world with a little bit of a skip in your step.
1: That's <laughs> fucking great. Yeah, That's I, I much figured much that that, like, like talking about getting people out of their shell, I, I would assume that that is the skill as much as anything else that you're I trying to do. I love it. Yeah.
2: it's I love it. It's like human puzzles. Like, meeting someone, sitting with them, you know, the, the woo in me wants to talk, you know, the energy, like reading the energy of the room, but opening, being able to open a open a person up and like get past a little bit of social anxiety and fear is so much fun. It's so much fun. and it's an honor for people to get to that space with me, to trust me with that, you know. So, yeah, I yes. and
1: i've I've always thought about the the angle you're talking about of a lot of honesty built on a little dishonesty of like like anytime you go to a strip club, it's like, you understand that, like the girl is not like actually interested in you, but like also like the, the what they're saying, like you know, they're saying mm-hmm. they're interested in you, and they're saying that if you give them you know a hundred dollars, they'll go like dance on you naked, mm-hmm. and uh, like you know, there's there's a lot of industries where like you give the person that hundred dollars and you're never like actually gonna get what they said, <laughs> uh, but like in, in in a strip club, like it's going to happen, you yeah. know, like like that, like so. There's there is that that lie there, but on the other hand, it's like the most straightforward, like reliable transaction. You know, like if you buy a fucking car from someone, and it breaks down. You know, like mm-hmm. you have you have no no confidence that it's going to uh, to actually be work that they might be trying to get something over, and they they know it's broken and you know whatever. Uh, but that, that that is that is just not a possible like the the stripper cannot possibly be lying to you about like the real substance of what's going to occur. Right. Um, And you know, I, I find that refreshing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, in compensation creates a boundary. So setting, setting the boundary of compensation puts a container on the experience for the time we're together. You have my attention. I am listening to you outside of that time together. I value your privacy. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Like it's, it allows the experience to be exactly what it needs to be without any gray area or, or blurring the lines in any way. So boundaries do allow you to play however the fuck you want to play within them. And it's just a value. I view it, and I, and I feel others in my industry feel the same way, the, the, the compensation is for, to create that boundary and then for my time and attention.
0: How much uh, do you talk to uh, a client beforehand? Is it better or worse to have some level of relationship with them or figure out what they're about? Like, what's the preferred way of going about that?
2: For me, it's better. Um, I market myself. So through my screening, because I screen everybody, I mean, I run a full background check on everyone I see. I ask for references. I know. I mean and yeah, what again kind of this is me looking for I just background check. I want to know that there are no violent offenses. Yeah. Like I, any of that other stuff I don't, you know, no judgment, just as long as there's no violent criminal history and then I can run their name through um, other databases just to see that they haven't like fucked over hurt any other companions because we're it's a very tight knit group. So once that has been cleared, yeah, I want to I want to know a little bit about you and I market myself in a way. I share a lot of myself and my personality. One, because I'm open about how I've chosen to live my life. My friends and family know what I do. But the other part of it is I want to connect with people who are drawn to what I'm sharing. Because when I get them in person, it's going to be that much easier to cultivate that experience that I know they're looking for. And that makes me continue to love what I'm doing. Because for me, I've always told myself that the moment I feel that this is any kind of job or if I feel that I'm not getting fed in the way that I am, then I'm, then I'm done. Because that's a quick Track to all kinds of all kinds of not fun stuff. and you know, who doesn't everybody wants to have fun.
0: How long have you been in the game?
2: I have been well, so that's a loaded question. So I have been aware of this industry for the better part of a decade. Um, I actually hired companions with a former partner of mine. Um, that was kind of my, I mean I knew what they were, you know, TV sure. Um, but we hired companions in to come see us and they were these one gal in particular, just beautiful, educated, poised, but not not approachable and just like, I was fucking enamored, you know, just the way that she held herself and she was uninhibited and fun and like leaned into pleasure in a way that my 24-year-old self had never seen before. So that was kind of, and then from there, my partner and I dove into swinging. That partner and I aren't together anymore and then it just kind of Opened up Pandora's box. I mean, I do come from the professional scape. Like, I studied journalism in college and have worked within the corporate sphere for a while. And when jobs didn't were laid off or panned out, I was like, why the fuck not? You know, maybe I'll do this until I figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And then, and then I, and then now here I am. I'm like, this is, I'm much happier here than I ever was sitting in a cubicle for me. I'm much more fulfilled. I'm the, and the healthiest mindset of my life. I feel like I'm genuinely contributing in a way that's helpful for others. So,
1: yeah, that's great. Yeah, uh, I like I, I you know I read some of your uh, marketing materials.
2: Oh, good. Beforehand,
1: oh, good. And, yeah, <laughs> do a I, I don't know, it, it it seems like you would have uh, yeah plenty of options for employment. Uh, you know, doing whatever you want to do. So I I I I don't know. it's it's, it's heartening that you'd be like this is what fulfills me most.
2: Yeah. Well and I also look at it by living my life this way and using this as my primary revenue stream, it allows me to do the other shit that I love, like travel, yoga, write. And not everybody, because of how they've structured their life within the corporate sphere or whatever, has the opportunity to do those things, you know, to explore, to to like sink their teeth into life and see what it really fucking tastes like, you know? So I almost feel like it's my responsibility to share all that I've learned and what I'm about and what I'm into with others. So, uh,
1: prior to a global pandemic setting in, I made a lot of my income off of uh, Uber driving. And, uh, I just remember with that, you know, y- y- like I kind of would, you know, I would, I would try to find like calculators online of like how much could you make from Uber and like tried to plan it out as best I could. But, you know, uh, you, you really don't know or have an idea what it's like until you just, Take the plunge, and you're like, whatever, f it. I'm just going to drive whenever I can uh, for a week and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I figure that it's, it's, it's probably kind of similar, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and so I, I just, I wanted to hear in as much detail as you're as willing to give yeah. about like the the first like week or two or whatever, where you're just like, okay, I, I think I can do this, but, but I don't know, and I, it's just time to find out. Yeah.
2: So you know, I'll say this first. I'll preface with this: you never know. Where your boundaries are until you bump up against them, right? until you have sure. an experience it's like, okay, not that, but maybe something more this direction. So my first experience was amazing. It was with an individual who wasn't much older than me. We hung out for a couple hours. we watched Tosh point oh, we smoked a joint, and then and then, like, you know, had a very nice but somewhat awkward intimate encounter. It was a lovely human being, but just the our he was new. I was new, and so we were just kind of fumbling around it together. Uh, to me, that was like, well, shit, that was dope. Like, I did this. I received this as payment. Okay. So not every encounter was like that for a while. You know, again, you don't know what you're not into until you bump up against it. So I did learn over the years how much I want to work and what kind of people I want to hang out with. Um, Thank God I've not had any negative, like true, you know, knock on wood, but like any negative experiences beyond just assholes in my inbox, which at this point in my life, I have no problem politely telling someone to fuck off if they're going to, you know, be disrespectful or rude to me via email. Um, But beyond that, I have, yeah, I mean, does that answer your question? Do you want, I mean,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I I guess just like, uh, well, I I guess one big question is just like how, how do you find like how do you how do you put yourself out there like to let people know that this is a, a service you're offering?
2: Well, the internet is a is the wild, wild west. There's yeah. there's a there's a lot to be found on the so internet. So is that when you start it? You just put up Yeah. A website? Oh my god. Yeah. Well I didn't even have a website at first. I didn't even you know, I didn't have a website at first. I was there uh, in a previous time, you know, prior to um some 2018 legislative decisions, uh-huh. uh, there were websites, like yeah. advertising websites, some of them better than others. And, you know, I learned which ones were good and which ones were shitty and uh, went from there. It wasn't actually until, I guess, about two years ago that I put a website together because I really wanted to incorporate my writing into what I was doing. I wanted to talk about my experiences. I wanted to share my words with the world because, right, every writer wants to do that in some capacity. So, um, I put a website together, built it myself in Squarespace. I'm quite proud of it. Um, and from there, moved into social media. So Twitter is amazing. I love Twitter. It's a great way to look at people's personalities and kind of see what they're into and what they're about. It's a great screening tool for clients. And it's a great way for people to get to know me. Um, so, yeah, most of my best Experiences have come from people who found me on Twitter, or then found my website, or found my website on an ad site, um, or referrals from other women. You know, in the industry, Austin has a very close community with the women, um, all of whom are amazing, beautiful individuals. So do, you, do
1: you feel like you know more or less everyone in your city that does what you do? No,
2: okay. I. Oh no, no, no. I think that there are more people who have their foot. Maybe even if it's just their pinky toe in this industry than you would ever imagine, really absolutely. fucking oh, loly, oh my great. god, absolutely there's <laughs> absolutely everything from i mean there are sugar babies, there are erotic authors, which i which I do as well, there are companions, there are doms, there are you name it there it's out there, and someone is is exchanging their time for compensation in one form or fashion.
1: And if they do, they're probably not telling every single person they know. No. You know?
2: No, cuz there's such a stigma on this industry and and some people can be open about what they do and some people can't and it's just it's uh yeah, you know everyone has their why on why they're here and what they're comfortable sharing and it's unfortunately most of Americans while we have, we consume the highest amount of porn in the world, we are the most prude, which is wild. Most of society thinks that um, sex work is dirty, or that it's bad, or that anybody, whether you are the um, the purchaser or the companion, is shitty for doing it, and it's so shamed, which is wild. Because it's not like people are going to wake up one day and not be horny. It's not like people are going to wake up and not have these desires. And stifling them and suppressing them creates a much more ugly monster than just addressing them head on. And don't make people feel bad for what they're into. If you're afraid, have a conversation. If you don't know what's going on, ask questions. If you're not into sex work, don't hire a sex worker.
0: When you screen people on Twitter, um, do you sort of look for just let's make sure this person doesn't appear like a psychopath or this person doesn't appear angry? Or you also screen them just if the tweets kind of suck and are basic and
2: not, and <laughs> oh, not funny? Don't, um, I don't know. You know, sometimes I look at someone on Twitter and I'm, I'm like, like oh, yeah.
0: maybe a decent person, but I would never want to spend two yeah. two seconds in their company. You're uh, kind, uh, of,
2: kind, of,
0: kind of basic.
2: That's a fair question. <laughs> I think so. By the time I'm looking at someone's Twitter, I've they're safe, right? Like, so I've screened that they're, you know, safe. You know, check one. Um, If their tweets are, like, demeaning toward other people, companions, you know, racial stuff, like I have zero tolerance for people who don't have compassion for other individuals because we will not get along in person. Um, If you have a private account, I want to know why. Like, what do you have over there? Newt codes, you know? Um, If your tweets are... You know, let's be honest, not everybody has the gift of like putting 140 characters yeah, together. I'm mostly and I can't. I just <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get a pretty good gauge of siblings, what they're about, what they're into. And it goes back a long way. You can go back years. Yeah. I mean, we've all said stupid shit, so not even that's fair to judge someone for that, but yeah. I just
0: delete all mine. What? Yeah.
2: You're a tweeter and deleter? Yeah. Ooh.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean. Yeah, I but and that, if you asked me if I yeah. were to, to try to hire you, if, if you asked me, I would say it's totally fair. This doesn't look yeah. great. I yeah. just don't. There's just too many people that want to try to. For some people, uh, well, one, it's like you don't want to ha- constantly have to answer something that you said a year ago. Mm, if someone finds it, then yeah. they're like, "Oh, you want to talk?" Like, it just gets annoying to have to to constantly yeah, and if have a relitigate job, an argument. Yeah,
1: the risk is pretty great. You know, yeah, the, something be. that felt okay to tweet 10 years ago is no longer okay and someone finds it and your employer's got to answer to it and they decide they don't want to and they're just like, all right, well, yeah. we'll see you later. Yeah.
0: It can also just be annoying to have to have people and it's just a weird concept if you think about it that we sort of just allowed happen to yeah. happen to us which is, hey, I'm going to uh, issue public thoughts and have them be there forever. You, if you tried mm-hmm. to explain that to somebody 20 years ago they would have looked like, at you like you were insane. Like, yeah. why would you ever agree to this? And so I kind of just like middle ground it. But
1: my tweets are too good to delete. It's too much. Of yeah, a that's to true. <laughs> uh, I,
2: I agree with you, though. I think there's, I mean, this, you know, not to get off subject, but I do think that there's this um, what would I call it? The idea that anyone could look at what anyone else has said or done, beyond like harming or hurting other people, and pass some kind of judgment. And it might have so been the friends. Yeah, like something. there's so Your context much context
0: is gone. It's, yeah, just freaks me out. Yeah. What yeah. about the conversation with? As you've said a couple times, with friends and family. Like, at what point do you decide this is legitimate, legitimate enough to mm-hmm. where it's worth it to tell them? Because I'm I have a mm-hmm. career now. Mm-hmm. Do you? tailor that message differently to different people. Yes. That's always been very fascinating to me.
2: Yes. Um, I So my family, except for one member of my family, the only reason they don't know is because I do believe that some forms of honesty are selfish. And in letting this person know, it would not, you know, it's selfish. I'd be letting them know so that I feel better. Um, it's my dad, by the way. But uh Everyone else, I was like, look, especially when I spoke with you know, my siblings, I was like, I'm a paid companion. I love what I do. I'm empowered by what I do. And I'm not ashamed of what I do. I will answer any of your questions because I found it's easier to answer questions than to provide information bombs. However, don't ask me something you don't want the answer to because I'm not going to lie to you. So that has, and that's kind of my framing for just about everyone because it's it gives them the opportunity to ask what they want to ask while also knowing, I mean, how much do you want to know? Because I'm not going to lie to you, right? Um, and I do feel that for me, what do they call that? The compliment sandwich. Like sandwiching what I do by reassuring people who don't have any knowledge of this industry that I love it, I'm empowered by it, you know, I'm here because I want to be here um, is helps soften the blow, so to speak. I have had people who are just don't agree with the way I've chosen to live my life and that's fine. It's not, it's not my responsibility or my care to change anyone's minds. Like everyone is allowed to have their opinion just as I'm allowed to have mine. So long as you're not trying to argue with me or judge me for how I'm choosing to live my life. Um, so, I mean, and then regarding new people, like, you know, I'm very single, like, Perhaps people I'm dating, that depends. I don't I don't want to be dishonest. I also am not like, hey, by the way, guess what I do for a living? So you you gotta kinda ask questions, right? So I always open with like, how do you feel about strip clubs? I love strippers, and then how they respond to that. I'm like, okay, if they're against it, then I'm like, okay, we're not, this is we're not gonna get along, right? So yeah, it's just a series of you, you know, moving through the gray area. Do I you think guess. you would
0: be ever be able to have like a long-term relationship while doing this?
2: I, for me, I don't think so. Um, the only reason I say that, and it could change. I know many people who are married and who have long-term partners and they they are the best communicators. Not to say that it's not difficult at times because it requires constant checking, but for me, because of how I structure my experiences and what, what of my energy I give, it would be difficult for me to shift in and out of those right. gears because I feel at one point I would be sacrificing one or the other, I'd be compromising somewhere, and I don't want to be in this industry if I have to compromise part of myself, and I don't want to be in a relationship with someone because it's it's a disservice to them as well to not show up fully. So, yeah. I mean, I've dated, you know, I date, I go, I date, and, but it never really goes anywhere serious. And it's a lot, it's a lot to ask of someone too, especially someone who's not familiar with the industry. It's a lot of, that's a big ask, and it's, and I understand that. Um,
0: I think you, I would feel weird if I were you for not getting paid for that. That's the, <laughs> like if you're going to go hang out with someone for four or five yeah. hours, maybe you go to a, Bar, you go to a pool or
2: yeah, it's a
0: Saturday a, afternoon, and then whatever happens, happens, and you think, Well, I got $800 gone, yeah. for this last Saturday, and yeah, it wasn't all that different.
2: Yeah, the separation of like personal intimacy is what part of my energy I'm giving to it, right? So, like, I crave that kind of into that part of myself doesn't interwork, right? So, while I am very um, like giving and and honest and authentic within my professional relationships. My personal relationships get a piece of me that only stays there. However, it does make dating very difficult for other reasons. For example, um, I find that men my age, and this is not a slam, but men my age don't quite, and I'm my, I'm thirty four um, don't quite many of the ones I've bumped into. Um, just don't quite have women figured out yet, and that's not a dig. I'm. J- it's just so to have a guy who's you know s- just I don't quite know. No one really eats pussy anymore, and it's like, can I say that? I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah. you
0: can literally say. Okay, anything um, it's
2: just, and then in my professional relationships, I have these. Um, you know. These individuals who are cultured and who want to talk about spirituality and the cosmos and like all the woo woo shit that I'm into. And we have this great experience and then they leave and they treat me with respect. And then in my personal life, I have these like just guys who are like not, I don't know, they, I don't know. It's just how I'm treated yeah, we, in yeah, the different spheres <laughs> is like, and Trust I'm me. like, do you, yeah,
1: some, you like, talk about us and our peers. So yeah, we, we get it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. We know who you
2: mean. <laughs> yeah, um yeah, and I think that, yeah, so it's different. It's a different, but I'm different too. I mean, I'm the same person, but I'm, you know. yeah, and I just figure probably in
1: the situations where you're hired, like I, I think what like it sounds like what you're saying is you're just not talking about yourself that often, probably, right?
2: Yeah, they've read about me. That's the other part that I have to remind myself is that people who want to spend time with me have read about me. They know about me, they're interested in me. In my personal life, I have to, those conversations have to happen. And I'm not really the type to be like, let me tell you everything that I'm into and let's see if we're into the same shit, right? So sure. it's, yeah, it's just different.
1: Uh, what are, how, how would you, uh, well, I guess first of all, how, how did you end up uh, living in Texas?
2: Hmm. Well, I graduated college and my first job out of college was in Texas and I my college boyfriend and I had broken up and so I applied to places that were not in where I the state where I went to school um Mm -hmm. and a really rad opportunity came up here in Texas and I jumped on it and it was great um I look at that part of my life and it's like I mean while it was six years ago it feels like it was a totally different lifetime right so I was yeah, so that's how I ended up in Texas.
1: Yeah, and I, I just, I figure you probably got to do a lot of travel anyway, so you, you I, I would assume you could live just about anywhere as long as there's a major airport nearby. Yeah. Uh, so the fact you've stayed here, you know, I, I would think indicates that uh, you like it quite a bit. I love it. Yeah. I
2: do. I mean, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so it's vast different. I mean, I've always said that I'll end up back, in, back there, but for yeah. now... There's a great
1: fucking area. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's like my long term mission to retire, whatever that means. Like, I'll continue to write, buy a piece of land, host yoga retreats, and have a bunch of fucking animals in the mountains. Like, that's That's awesome. You know, like living off the grid and running around barefoot. Like, that's my ideal. (laughs) Um, That aside, I don't know. There's something special about Texas, especially central Texas. You have access to. Different scenery, different outdoor stuff. You get—you don't have to drive far to find a little bit of Texas, and then you don't have to drive very much further to find a little bit of, you know, hipster magic. So it's, yeah. How would
1: you uh, rank the cities in Texas as far as like uh, your work goes? Like, I—I I guess just like, do do you have a different like? If someone's like, a, "Hey, come to Houston versus come to Dallas versus you know anywhere," where you're like okay, this one probably is going to be better because men in that city are cooler or, or is it just you find uh, a correlation?
2: Yeah, I think that I do like Dallas and Houston just because they feel more grown up, just that city as a whole. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time in other major cities in Texas, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, aside from Austin. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy being in Dallas. I enjoy all three for very different reasons and and the people so I have individuals who I see here and mm-hmm. then I have people who want to bring me here so it's it ends up working out well that I've you know I ideally I'd like to get out of seeing people in my home space or in my home the city I live in just cuz sure. it's I do uh I teach yoga and and I'm you know when I'm home I want to be home I want to Yeah not have to put my rouge on. So,
1: <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite city in a, in America where like someone contacts you from there and you're like, oh hell yeah. That's-
2: oh man. Okay. So I have a favorite. I have two favorite cities and then a favorite demographic. So okay. if it's, I love New York City and Chicago. Sure. Or if you want to take me to the mountains. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It can be the Rockies. It can be the Cascades. It can be the Ozarks. It can be the Appalachians. I don't care. So yeah. And I there's so many cities I haven't even explored yet. So. I'm pretty much down to go anywhere.
0: Is it somewhat common for you to meet someone where they don't live, like a vacation type thing? Like that happens more than just randomly a couple times ever?
2: Um it has, and it's typically with people who I've met. So like vacation type scenarios or with individuals who I've spent time with. And for me, for any length of time that's like more than a couple days, I need to meet you for a day minimum before that just to see that we're going to get along because the last thing either of either of us want to be in is a situation where we really like can't stand each other or right. it's
0: right and you've already paid yeah so and there's like, it, yeah oh, and i don't want to leave in yeah <laughs> like i don't want to disappoint anyone
2: <laughs> and then like the energetic exchange it's you know it's draining so yeah
0: have you ever had a wife call you yes or contact you online yes. i suppose yes
1: I would love to hear as much about that as you're willing
2: to tell. Uh, No, I mean, it's, um, I, so I will again preface by saying it is none of my business what happens in someone's personal life. Like, I am not the last person in the world to judge anyone for their choices. That said, I also am not interested in uh, being involved in anyone's mess. So I don't say anything if any, in this particular situation I was contacted it's not my place to say anything I don't know the inner workings of that relationship it's not and at the end of the day it's not how do I say this in a way that is I hmm if if the house crumbles, it's not because I sat on the porch. It's because there was a crack in the foundation. And that's not and I don't want houses to crumble. I truly believe that I keep houses together because seeking a professional is a way better avenue than having an affair. There's no emotional component to it. There's no no one, at least the individuals who I've met, no one has encounters with companions who are married because they feel any different about their partner. They love their partner. It has nothing to do with not having those same feelings and that love. It has more to do with a a need or a desire or an itch that needs to be fulfilled. So with that I just, it's not a conversation that's for me. It's not. That's, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think I'd be like, you just need to talk to Dave. Yeah, about that, that one. it's,
2: it's not my. I'm not even going to pretend to know what was going on. And I think at the, yeah. So I don't say anything. I let the individual know what's going on, um, and then at that point, that relationship is over, just because it's,
0: you know, it's toxic at that point. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's, yeah. yeah you need to, you need to go you need to go put your house back together. I would think most
0: people would be the analogy I would use is that I mean you most people would feel more comfortable with their partner going and speaking with a therapist of the opposite sex than even just sitting down and talking with someone a random person and developing that sort of uh, you're just a you're a professional. <laughs> yeah. In a sense. And I do think when you talk about the financial compensation and creating boundaries then mm-hmm. There aren't boundaries in affairs.
2: Exactly. It's just exactly, yeah, you, and I you, that could go anywhere. Yeah, and it's I do. So I do uh, spend a lot of time with couples. I love couples, um, and it's interesting. I've seen couples who have opened up their bedroom and couples who have never opened up their bedroom before. And what's interesting is the. It all comes down, I mean, I've never been married, but I know the cliche all comes down to communication and and having those conversations and telling your partner, being able to say to your partner, this is what I want to try, and if your partner's not into it, them saying, you know what, that's not for me, but it's okay. Like, that doesn't, just because it's not for me doesn't mean that it's, like, bad or negative. And, yeah, I don't, again i've never been married so i've not been on that side of it however the couples who i do work with who open up their bedrooms and who have those conversations are bonded in a way that is so fucking unique because if you can t- if you can ha- if you can talk about that level if you can talk about that level of shit you can talk about anything if you can talk about sex and desire in a space that you've cultivated without shame or judgment You can have any conversation. It's, yeah, I do. In fact, I've always said when I, you know, when I leave the companionship world, I think I'll always still have my foot in that space is like working with couples or with women, especially like helping empower women with their sexuality and like, you know. Women, I love our gender, but we need to stop faking our orgasms, and we need to start telling our partner what we really want because not only are we doing ourselves an injustice, but we're fucking up the sisterhood because we're sending someone else back out there who thinks that the swizzle stick, I'm going to have to um, give a nod to my good friend Olivia for that term, but who thinks (laughs) what they're doing is working, and it's not their fault because they've been told that it was working. You know, So, yeah, empowering women to take, claim of their sexual identity and like what they want to do in the bedroom and then empowering couples to explore in a safe, consensual, healthy manner.
1: What, uh, what percentage of, uh, you know, encounters or whatever are, are, are with
2: couples? I would say for mine, 25%. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I cater. And if you look at my marketing, like I definitely cater toward couples mm-hmm. um, for many reasons. It's fun. I love being the guest in someone's bedroom. And and especially couples who've opened up their bedroom already, seeing that dynamic in person is dope. And the other side of that, couples who are new, creating a positive experience, creating a positive first experience so that they can then explore from there is amazing. Like it's, yes, go out there in the world and like explore other shit, get kinky, you know what I mean? Like have <laughs> some fun. Um, yeah, so 25% of my, of my, what would I say? My list, my experiences are with couples.
1: Uh, have have you ever talked to, uh, the, the, that first lady that you were, you and your partner were with? Like, does she know how much of an impact she had?
2: (laughs) It's been a while. I did talk to her after, you know, when I was doing my research, but not since then. Uh I know I've. Peeped on her a little bit, you know, just to, but respecting her privacy, she's she's doing great. Like when mean, she's no longer a companion, she's doing great, but yeah, yeah. I hadn't actually thought about that like reaching out to her and just being like, Look at you've inspired so much in me, then like this is what I created with it. It's like, you know, people are making those sourdough breads, it's like yeah. you give someone a starter yeah. Yeah. and then look at what they make with it. <laughs>
0: I feel like you hear sometimes on the couples thing, like, and I don't even know how many of these are real, like mm-hmm. Reddit horror stories. Uh, like, what's the one we always, the Reddit relationship? Yeah, that Twitter account's great. Yeah, so. Oh,
2: I, 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 I follow yeah, yeah, I know so what about. <laughs> I don't know how many of them are real or
0: how many of them are written to just be compelling and insane, but I guess this goes back to the communication thing, but it seems like they all start with probably the woman saying they're okay with something that they're really not. Because they feel like they need to say they're okay with it, Mm -hmm. and just like the number of people who regret it Mm -hmm. (laughs) afterwards. So I, I wonder if you've ever heard from people who, you know, didn't. I would imagine usually the female, like that, they weren't really as open to it as they indicated. Like if it ever went sideways, actually in the act.
2: Mm -hmm. So I require a phone call with both parties before any. I screen them and then I need to talk to both of you. And I need to talk to both of you together. And I need to talk to both of you individually because I need to know that both of you want to be here. Specifically, in most cases, the female. I want to know that this is something that she really wants to do. Because in most cases, she is, she's the deciding factor on whether or not it's gonna happen. And I and it's very important to me that her heart is in it and that she wants to do it. I once had someone contact me and say they wanted to surprise their wife for their birthday with a companion, and I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that's a good idea, and I certainly don't want to be in the room when that happens. Your like, heart's best in the right of luck. place, but best yeah. Of, yeah, like that. Be- please talk to your please talk to your wife before you s- just like surprise her with another woman. Um, that said, uh, I haven't had an experience where in the act things went sour. However, I've read. I always and the other things ask boundaries. Like, what are your personal boundaries? What are you okay with? What are the rules of the house? Because I want to respect those. Um, that said, I have felt, I've felt, you know, that in that tension a little bit with certain things, and then that is when I back off and like my attention goes to her because all of those experiences, the uncomfortableness, has come from her, and it's my sure. interest to, for the both parties feel supported and have fun. So. Um, yeah, I mean it's constantly checking in. Like that's what makes it fun. Like con- if things shift or you feel something different, say so. Like check in with one another. Is this okay? Consent. Is it okay if I do this? You know. So.
1: So this seems like work that's uh, mainly taking place, you know, um, in hotel rooms or whatever. So, but it seems like you also are indicating you have, you know, some uh, sense of community with your fellow workers. So I, I'm wondering how how that occurs. Like, uh, you know, are are, are there like uh, meet up nights at bars or like, well, happy hour?
2: Uh, there, there are those. I don't. Uh, that's not my scene. But mm-hmm. not, not, and I'm not nagging that in any way. That's just I don't. I'm not a bar. I'm sure. not, I don't drink, so I'm not a, a bar goer. But um, yeah, it's mostly reaching out to. Well, actually, this is how it happens. A female will email me and be like, um, "Have you met so and so?" What was your experience like for for companion references, like character references? Mm -hmm. And then you kind of begin to see a pattern. A lot of people have a type. And so I I tend to either need screening information or get screening information from the same women. So then I'll send out an email and be like, hey, do you want to grab coffee or something? Or um, do you want to get together? You know, get together, see if you're, you know, on the same frequency and then. And then kind of plan from there. Uh where I live is unique. The women there are very tight knit. We do we travel together. We've like had companion weekends where we run a B and B and just like girls only and you know, like hang out all weekend. Like we're very we have a very tight knit communicative group, which is awesome. That's awesome. It's yeah, awesome. It it's awesome. Like women supporting one another in this industry is we get enough shit as it is. Like the last thing that we need is to be fucking chicken pecking at one another right like we're all in this together there's plenty to go around and we're so much more powerful when we're like you know facing it as one
1: that's cool
0: how concerned um just like if it's in the back of your mind or how often you think about just the legal side of it
2: (sighs) oh well
1: have you ever had any run-ins with
2: no no um i am a experienced curator and a yoga teacher and an author, so um, yeah, it's a pretty gray area. To be honest, I don't think that what I do is illegal. I don't. Um, others might have a different opinion. So yeah, that's. Not, I don't have a lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, I've always. Yeah. I've
0: never really understood what what lines are lines, and it's, if the way that the conversation goes impacts whether or not it is or isn't okay. But you know, I it. There is a part of me that that thinks, you know, and you probably uh, you probably don't want to do this, but mm-hmm. that we could use people to advocate for the changing of laws. Oh,
2: I absolutely want to do this. Obviously, yeah. the
0: the burden of the the justice system for people who are engaged in whatever you want to label the behavior. At what point are you know poor people and mm-hmm. poor women, mm-hmm. and a lot of times women of color. And you know they don't have; they're not in a spot where they can make a badass Squarespace. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks awesome. They um, don't. Sorry. So yeah, no. It just always is like, man, I'm really happy that there are people because, you know, I grew up in a, a Christian upbringing, and there are things like about that that I like. And then this one was always one the shaming over mm-hmm. your sexuality that was like, man, fuck that. That isn't. Mm-hmm. That's not healthy. And so the fact that there are people like you who are changing that for at least some people it's cool to me and then i think about it and i'm like yeah you know, there's people who kind of try to do other things that are similar to that and they mm-hmm. end up in jail yeah and it's just you know I it's kind of tough to it, process
2: it's a there are like people in my in the like minority positions or in positions where they're bumping up against law enforcement more often or they're in more vulnerable positions because they can't screen like they are are tar- they if anything happens, like we can't really go to the police and report it. And that's bullshit. It's bullshit that anyone should ever be in that position where you're attacked, regardless of what's going on, and you can't go to the police. So I do believe in decriminalization, and, and by doing so, allows people within any part of the spectrum, if shit goes down, that you have an advocate you can go tell the police what happened. Otherwise, there's really no protection over you. And... Why, again, why anyone gets in this industry and why they do it is their, you know, is their reason. And I support and respect anyone who's here of their own will um, and consensually here. And it's, it, there's a, yeah, it's a big ball of yarn to pull at. There's a lot of, all of it is true. I mean, they say that the mark of an emotionally intelligent individual is to be able to hold multiple truths in one hand. Yes, shitty things happen in this industry. Yes. Sex trafficking is horrible, and it's something that we're fighting. Yes, there is such thing as consensual sex work. Yes, it all coexists together. But to say that all of it is one or the other, or just any one part of it, is is short-sighted. And yeah, that's my that's my soapbox on that one.
0: Go to the Capitol.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No,
1: I, I I think that uh, that that's part of the defund the police conversation, right? Is like uh, it's 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 kind of crazy. Like I I. I doubt that uh, people get into being police for the purpose of, like, uh, you know, busting prostitutes or anything like that. Like, uh, you know, I I think that probably there are people out there who do get into their profession with the hope of, uh, you know, helping women or, you know, not to say that, like, everyone, obviously, everyone yeah. needs, does this, needs help or whatever, but, you know, like, just... Those the, who do need it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I don't think that a guy who, uh, you know... Um, applied to be a police officer because he's hoping to uh, shoot some bad guys is going to be the person that's really like enthusiastic about that work, you know? Yeah. So the, getting and, a social worker who is that'd be great.
2: And I think there's a, um, you know, there there's what's the phrase like rescuing, you know, like combating sex trafficking. There's a lot of talk about girls being rescued and those girls end up in prison. They end up in jail with prostitution charges. And they were trafficked. So how the fuck can you tell me that you're rescuing people when you're when you're arresting them? Yeah, that you're that you're rescuing people when you're arresting them and putting them in jail. And now they have a record. Like what? How? What part of that is right? Re- yes, you've gotten them out of a, of a horrible situation, but what is the like? What have you set them up with? Yeah, so I
1: doubt anyone's gonna thank you for sending them to jail. <laughs> right. Like yeah. th- like it's just and the
2: crazy thing with uh like the legislation that the Sesta Foster passed in two thousand passed in 2018, the yeah. a lot of the websites that were taken down were used to bust sex trafficking rings, were used to pull these people in. And so now the internet again is a wild west, these sites don't exist, so it's so much more covert and and yeah, it's
0: it's depressing. It's a
2: fucking mess. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's depressing, and it's and 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 I think though it's a conversation that people need to have. It's depressing, and it's a conversation that people need to have to become familiar with it and to bring this full circle. Absolutely, I advocate sex work, and and I have no problem talking about it with people and and educating them because people are afraid of what they don't know, and I don't know. I guess the best way to combat that fear is with education and. Reminding people that sex is not dirty, you know there are so many aspects of this industry that are that are beneficial and great, and the more people that become aware of it, the more that we can manage and mitigate and handle the bad shit and help the people who are in those situations
0: left turn how many guys do this
2: ooh, great question um, uh guys do this, I know a few uh. I mean, I don't think as many, you know what, I don't, I, I don't want to say not as many as women because I don't know that for sure. What I do know is that it's a much different modality for a male companion than for a female companion. Um, yeah, I have a good friend of mine, uh, lives in LA, and he is a male companion. He only sees women. And I mean, I'm a woman. So I know, you know. How challenging we can be, or how you know. So, so he spends like extensive time with a lot of his clients, and just what his encounter is like in that scenario, and then what my encounter is like in that same scenario are very different. Um, although I do believe that the market for men in this industry, if you are marketed in the right way, is much more lucrative because women. Really? Oh yeah, because women. So I'll speak for myself if. You We feel seen and heard and, you know, all of the things, our needs are met, which are emotional, you know, physical, all intimate, all of it. Uh, yeah, we'll pay for that all day. But we, and we'll like, we're, nur- you know, we're nurturers. We, we We're just, oh, yeah. I think if you know how to market yourself and you know what kind of experience you want to cultivate, I think it's awesome that men, that more men are moving into this industry because... You know, women shouldn't fake their orgasms, nor should they be, nor should they have to fake their orgasms. So,
0: sure. <laughs> well, uh, that's all I got. I don't know about.
2: It. <laughs> well, I I, I just I wanted do. to find
0: out if, if, if there was a market for dudes. So oh yeah. If I get fired. Well, there's a
2: show. There's a show. There's a show. It is called. I think it's on Showtime. It's um, Gigolos.
1: Yeah, that vaguely sounds. I don't know if it's still based on, or on not, a but, real
2: agency and. Well, I mean, it's all over the States. It's based on a real agency. So, you know, check that out. I think it's I think it's probably, I've only seen a couple episodes, it's probably like one perspective of um, the male experience in this industry. But there you go. And then, you know, there are male porn stars and male strippers. And, yeah. Uh,
1: so people who do things the way that you do it, of, you know, like having extensive checks and everything like that and having a lot of conversations beforehand, have you ever heard of any of them running into problems with law enforcement? Like, have you ever had a friend that got busted?
2: No, not kind Yeah. No, um, I have had friends who screened and checked and did all the references and were assaulted. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, there's a serial rapist and, like, violent offender who was like rampaging the east coast um who was recently arrested and for years he was calling girls and having them come over and then just a fucking piece of shit Mm. and for years no one did anything about it and then there was an attorney who you know got involved and this guy's arrested and it's yeah, so he's behind bars. But um and there's more about that on the internet that I probably haven't read all the way up on. But yeah, it happens. I mean, and just because someone doesn't have a criminal history now doesn't mean that, you know, maybe they just haven't been caught. So that's yeah, yeah. You know, you've gotta to... I do think that prior to being in this industry, my read of people and intuition is pretty strong. I think to be in this space you gotta be able to read people in like a situation. And now having been in this space, I've Feel I have like a very very good judge of character, but even with that, you never fucking know people are wild.
0: Oh, I actually do have one more thing. Sure, this is very this is probably even more personal than anything else. But, uh, do you want to have kids ever?
1: <laughs>
0: and I guess I would just obviously the follow up yeah. is you always hear about you know if you're an adult film star the how are they uh, going to handle the conversation with their kid?
2: Yeah. So I, I think that. I think that setting your, well, one, I believe in having conversations about sexuality and the body as early as is appropriate is important. And I think instilling a foundation of confidence and empowerment in those children is important. Um, I believe that honesty is just the best route because... We've all been lied to, and it hurts a little bit more than if you just would have had a little bit of honesty. So, um, yeah, I'm not ashamed of what I do. I'm very proud of what I do, and that would be a conversation that I would, I don't know if there's a book out there for it, you or like a guide. There's probably not. Um, yeah, but from those uncomfortable conversations, that's where you grow, right?
0: Yeah, and I guess it's probably a lot easier to hear it if you're a kid. Um, if you're on like a farm in Oregon, like a bunch of animals and stuff and you have like, oh, okay, well we got here. Yeah. I'm not too worried about it as opposed to, I don't know. I, you know, we, we, there's a podcast that came out last year. That's really just like a deep dive into the porn industry. And it was such a depressing listen. And it made me think like, well, you know, these conversations that these people are going to have with their kids are going to be even more uncomfortable because they're not a lot of them. It seems like most of them in the same headspace that you are. Mm -hmm. And they're probably not being paid as well Mm -hmm. at this point as they used to. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I think it would be easier for someone who feels as good about their life as you do to express that than someone who's like, I don't know. I regret all of this. And, you know,
1: it seemed like all of them had some kind of like fairly serious trauma like prior to entering the industry and I don't know that it, it made me very uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, I had a someone this was a while back on Twitter. It was a woman and she was talking about I'll paraphrase but she was referencing like all sex workers have have some kind of sexual trauma and so I with my words fired back and I was like sexual trauma is not synonymous with sex workers it's synonymous with being a fucking woman. There are more women who have experienced sexual trauma, and how an individual chooses to heal from that and rechannel that energy is their fucking prerogative. And I also said, "How dare you shame people for having sexual trauma?" And in that same breath, shame how they choose to deal with it. So that said, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a tough. It would be a tough conversation. It'd be a very tough conversation, and that is why I everyone should have I believe therapy is amazing you know have yourself a great therapist a great therapist for your kid have a great conversation I mean I'm you know tongue-in-cheek right now but yeah that would be tough it so, will be tough and I don't know I don't know ask me in 20 years maybe I've written the book by then
1: yeah um, I reading your website I was just interested in your uh, your, your, your thoughts on marketing like uh, like I, I don't know I I, I entirely believe that all of the things that you're you're writing there are a hundred percent authentic but it also seems like you're trying to write it to like offer a specific sort of thing you i know? am like yeah like it, and i'm emphasizing i'm an intellectual person mm-hmm. if you want to have deep conversations about complex topics that's mm-hmm. the stuff i want to do mm-hmm. um and so i i just you know I, that it's not what I was expecting from like uh, a that sort of website, mm-hmm. uh, but like it's it's really cool. So I just I didn't know how you uh, arrived at that, and just like you know, I I just want to hear more about your your thoughts on
2: how you market yourself. I think the presenting the most authentic version of myself and speaking to who I want to. I mean, it's marketing, right? Like you narrow down who your client is, and that's who you're speaking to, and. This space, I want to connect with people who I can connect with. Like, I want to, those are the people I'm looking for. So, the best way for me to find those people is to share as much of myself as I can in a way that's cohesive. I do wanna sit down and talk about philosophy. I do wanna talk about the cosmos. I wanna talk about yoga. I love, you know, inviting my, you know, clients into meditation and opening up their world in that space. So, yeah, like, that's what I'm into. Also, I, I um, there are other people who are not looking for that. They're looking for something different. So I wouldn't want to disappoint. I try to be very clear with how I present myself so that there's no surprises, right? When we are have our time together.
0: Sometimes it's philosophy. Sometimes it's Tosh point oh. zero.
2: Yeah. Sometimes it's <laughs> Tosh <laughs> I mean, it just it all depends. I think that. Uh, I have the opportunity to bump into people I normally would not see. I get to learn from people I would not cross paths with otherwise people who are more you know educated in different areas or more educated different business experience just different different cultures different religions different different shit that is interesting and I want to know about that as well. so you know you gotta share a little bit about yourself as too I always say this vulnerability is. So fucking hard, but it's so beautiful because it only takes one person to reach inside, pull something out, and be like, this is what I have. For other people to look at that and be like, yeah, I've got that too.
1: Yeah. Um, my last question, uh, just because I bet, bet we're going to get a good answer here. Um, I, just, I just want book recommendations.
2: Yes. Okay. You got, um the book that I loan out the most and repurchase the most is by Chuck Klosterman, Killing Yourself to Live. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you're a Klosterman fan? Have yeah, you read yeah. yeah. I
1: think it might be on the shelf right over there.
2: Yes. So that is just for um any anybody, mostly people who maybe don't read that often, who like music. His style of writing is so fucking it's like he's sitting next to you in a bar and he's telling you a story. It's 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 easily digestible. I love Chuck Klosterman. The other one is Untethered Soul by um, Michael Singer. It's more of a um, find yourself, connect with yourself, who are you type of book. Um, Yeah, so those would be my first two. I just picked up Eric Larson's Splendid in the Vial a couple months ago. So Eric Larson writes nonfiction, but in a way that reads like a, fiction story he wrote devil in the white city the story yeah yeah. Yeah. so he yeah so it's all true but written in a way that reads like a story so splendid and the vial is about churchill so i haven't cracked the cover on that one yet but cool yeah
1: well thank you so much for your time this is really cool.
2: yeah thank you for having me this was this was this was great thank you that's it for tonight the high school special is next so until tomorrow for everyone who's been a part of this one
1: i'm tc and jake we do thank you for watching Good night.